Chapter 27 Joanna returned to the rooms downstairs and found Eva awake, huddled by the tiny coal stove that Joanna had assembled years ago and vented through a window. Joanna paused. She couldn't consult her guidebook without revealing its existence to her sister. The book was the one thing Joanna wished to remain totally hers, her secret. She hung in the doorway, stalled by the presence of her sister. Eva, however, had followed her line of sight and gave a mirthless chuckle. I know you have one. Have what? A book. Joanna flushed. She stepped forward, struggling to hide the dismay she felt at learning Eva knew her secret. She felt violated. Eva laughed again, but the sound was hollow. <laughs> Did Dr. Stone give it to you? Yes, it's about plants, medicinal ones. I know. Joanna shot a stare at her sister. You do? I looked at it. Eva sipped her tea. There's nothing better to do up here. You could try cleaning. I'm not feeling up to it. That much hadn't changed in their world. Eva rarely ever felt up to cleaning. Joanna hid a wry grimace and walked to the mattress where she had hidden the book. She had no reason to conceal it, now that Eva knew all about it. She carried the book to the table, and out of habit turned up the lamp, before she remembered that she could read text in the dark. As Joanna flipped to the index on in the back of the book, she sensed her sister approach the table. Eva pulled out a chair. What are you up to? I thought of a plant. And? I just want to read about it. Eva rolled her eyes and sat down, never offering to make Joanna a cup of tea. But then, Eva was the patient and Joanna was the nurse, and on better days, Joanna was the mother figure and Eva the child. Eva rarely helped around the house. Joanna turned her attention to the book and ran a fingertip down the index until she found Monkshood, page 372. She flipped to the referenced page. There was the fluffy purple flower she had seen in her mind. She scanned the description under the photograph. Aconitum, commonly known as aconite, monkshood, wolfsbane, leopardsbane, mousebane, womensbane, devil's helmet, queen of poisons, or blue rocket. These herbaceous perennial plants are chiefly native to the mountainous parts of the northern hemisphere. Most species are extremely poisonous and must be dealt with carefully. The neurotoxins can be absorbed through the skin and cause severe respiratory and cardiac problems. Do not handle this plant without gloves, especially by the root. Common signs of monkshood poisoning include tingling, numbness, nausea, vomiting, breathing difficulties, cardiac irregularities, and arrest, convulsions, and paralysis. The estimated lethal dose is 2 milligrams of aconitine, 5 milligrams of aconite tincture, and 1 gram of raw aconite plant. A 2 milligram dose of aconitine can cause death within 4 hours. Ancient sources claim monkshood 
was used to mimic death as well as produce hallucinatory episodes when applied to the skin. Joanna reread the last sentence of the description. Ancient sources claim monkshood was used to mimic death. That was what her mind had remembered. That was the connection her brain wanted her to forge. It was possible to mimic death in a human being. If she could find a monkshood plant in the apothecary garden, and if she could concoct the right concentration of the poison, she might be able to help Aidan Bannister foil the overseers. Joanna glanced at her sister. Eva, tell me something. What would Aidan choose? To go to the gallows or try to escape? Escape, of course. But what does that have to do with your book? I might have a way for him to escape but it will be dangerous. I'd rather see him face danger than die by hanging. What I have in mind could kill him if not given in the right dose. What are you talking about? Joanna turned the book around so her sister could look at the image of the monkshood plant and read the description. But Eva was a poor reader, and the light was insufficient for human vision. Joanna decided it would be quicker to just explain her plan. I'm talking about a poisonous plant, Eva, and a plan I have in mind. But you have to be the one to decide whether or not we move forward. Could the plant save Aiden? Maybe. If people think he's dead, then do it. But it might kill him. It might be a painful death. What does he have to lose? Eva clutched Joanna's wrist. Oh, Joanna... Do you think there's a chance he could get out of all of this? A slim one. I have to get to him somehow, and then it all depends on the dose of the poison. I will have to be careful. Really, really careful. And lucky. Hope flared in Eva's eyes. We could flee to the north. We could go to the outer islands. Then her expression darkened. If he agrees to leave his mates, that is. First things first, Joanna closed the book. First, I have to find the plant, and it's not going to be easy in winter. I'll look for it first thing in the morning. The next day, as soon as it was light, Joanna set off for the apothecary garden in Chelsea. The smell of the river lay sharp on the cold air, cooling her racing mind and feet. She kept to the back alleys and weed-filled streets where people rarely passed. When Joanna arrived at the walled garden, she spotted a woman in plum-colored velvet propped against the arch of the old stucco entrance, smoking. The smoke curled into a tangle of dried morning glory hanging over the wall behind her. Joanna stared. She'd never seen a woman smoke before, or for that matter, a plum-colored gown. Colored clothing was forbidden in Londo. Color was a sign of indulgence and misuse of resources. Joanna slowed to a walk as she approached the garden. The other woman watched her through smoldering, half-closed eyes. Good morning, citizen, Joanna said, hoping to pass without being accosted. 
the woman's stare simmered with bored distrust. And who might you be, out walking all by yourself when you should be at work? Joanna wasn't about to divulge her identity to a stranger, especially such an unfriendly one. The word bitch came to mind, but Joanna cut off the thought. She wondered if her new state of being was affecting her mental processes as well as her physical traits. She felt uncommonly intolerant of the woman in front of her. Just a citizen looking for plants to make tea for my ailing sister. You don't say. The hard eyes raked her up and down. Joanna stood tall and stared right back, even though she doubted anything productive would come of confronting this person. I've heard there may be chamomile in that garden. Joanna nodded at the foggy expanse behind the stranger. The woman took a long drag on her cigarette and held in the smoke as she contemplated Joanna's face. The lines of her velvet gown glowed in the mist. Then she blew out the fumes through her nostrils. Joanna watched, fascinated, but disgusted by the sight of a female smoking. Chamomile, your sister can't sleep, or does she have a deeper issue? I don't know what you mean. I've known women who ended their pregnancies with chamomile. The woman's hard eyes watched her. And I also know... It's against the law to practice midwifery. Joanna raised her chin. I'm not doing anything of the sort. The woman lowered her cigarette and pulled away from the stucco wall. For the first time, she smiled, but her expression was full of menace. Dark red lipstick framed sharp white teeth. Hers was the smile of a carnivore. In an instant, everything about the woman became crystal clear. Another vampire. Fear laced through Joanna. She was talking to a vampire. A belligerent vampire. Not a soft-spoken vampire like Gabriel. She had to force herself to stand firm and not show fear. I've been following you. You have? Why? Because I saw you yesterday. Somewhere you had no business being. The woman swept close enough to envelop Joanna in a cloud of smoke. Joanna struggled not to cough. Where? Roman Brandt's house. The woman circled her, whipping her heavy velvet skirts around with a gloved hand. What were you doing there? A friend took me. We were visiting. Visiting? <sighs> At that early hour, not with Roman. No, with my friend. He and I needed a private place to talk. The woman halted directly in front of her. You were with Gabriel Stone. Yes. Doing what? The woman stepped even closer, pushing herself into Joanna's space and standing just under her nose. Doing what, citizen? That's not really your business. Roman Brent is my business, so his house guests are also my business. I'll let him tell me that. Bitch! 
The woman slapped Joanna hard across the cheek. Joanna staggered back, holding the side of her face. She stared at the vampire and worried what the creature would do next. She hadn't tested her newfound power against a vampire. It might be that her half-breed strength would be no match for that of a full-blooded vampire. Still, she had no intention of standing down. You went there, and shortly afterward Roman was arrested. What did you do? Tell lies about him? I didn't do anything. Liar! I'm telling the truth. I never even saw Roman Brand, only Gabriel. I'll ask you one more time. Why was Roman taken away? I don't know. The vampire narrowed her eyes and paced closer. She was a small woman, but she looked as if she possessed demonic strength. Joanna tried not to gape at her. Then you find out, sister. And how do you propose I do that? Asked Gabriel Stone. I'm sure he knows something. I'm not talking to him anymore. We had a falling out. That's not my problem. Joanna crossed her arms. Why don't you ask Gabriel yourself? The woman scowled. It's complicated. That's why. She planted her fists on her waist. So you find out what I want to know, and you meet me here tonight, seven o'clock. Or else? Or else? Or else? Her dark eyes burned in the darkness. You have the gall to stand there and say or else to me? Don't know what I am? I have an idea. But I am not afraid of you. The eyes glittered at her. Joanna stood firm while she trembled inside. She was afraid of what might come next. She was terrified, in fact. It took every ounce of her courage to keep from shaking in abject fear. But her intolerance for authority was growing inside her like a pernicious weed. Soon it would blossom into total rebellion. No one was going to tell her what to do. No one. And then a thought popped into her head. This woman knew Roman Brandt. This woman knew of Gabriel Stone. She was a vampire. She might even be one of the overseers, although her behavior seemed too outrageous to be tolerated in polite circles. Still, she might know someone. She might be useful. All right, Joanna said, holding up her hands. I will do as you ask. Good. The cruel mouth curved into a satisfied smirk. Good girl. On one condition. The woman's smile contorted. What's that? I will get your information if you help me get into the central compound. What do you want with that place? I want to visit a prisoner, to take him his last meal. Aiden Bannister? Yes. The woman cocked her head. Why? He's a very good friend. Lover? No. Bedmate? Favorite sex partner? Joanna didn't respond. Ha! <laughs> 
It seems you aren't very good at following Londo rules. Why should I? The woman smiled and threw back her head. She gave Joanna an appreciative perusal as she took a long draw on her cigarette. Then she pursed her lips. All right. The woman tossed her spent cigarette on the street. I don't normally bargain with someone like you, but things are crazy right now. We have a deal? The vampire nodded. Meet me at the main gate tonight, 7 p.m. Great. Joanna took a step toward the garden. And Citizen Wilder? Joanna looked over her shoulder, surprised the woman knew her name. You'd better not disappoint me. I know about your sweet little sister and the brat she has growing inside her. I know where she sleeps. <laughs>